When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Winkly. It is me, your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, here for your Thanksgiving special. And I'm joined here, as I have been all week, by my good friend, Michael Weissman. Michael, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, buddy. I feel like we just did. I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to be doing this with you today. This is awesome. I am so thankful to be doing this with you today, Michael. We're going to we're gonna have the best pro wrestling Thanksgiving special that ever specialed right here today. Because we have... Some of my favorite people as part of the show here today. So we're going to talk here a little bit about what we're thankful for in pro wrestling. But after you hear Michael and I talk about that, you're going to hear four big interviews on the show today. A nice big table of people to share Thanksgiving with. Uh, first, you're going to hear from our good fu- good buddy Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio. Just signed a multi-year deal uh, with Busted Open. And, of course, we're going to talk all about what happened at Survivor Series and, and there's so much more. Um, also, uh, after that, after the LaGreca interview, you're going to hear the Sunset Flip, which is a hip-hop track featuring Mega Ran and Xavier Woods. And then we're going to go right into my interview with Mega Ran, talking about that track. I thought about playing the track after the interview, but I thought mm-hmm. I should play it before so you can hear it and then have some contacts when you listen to the interview. Because, dude, I'm not going to lie. This song, this track... Is very good. I listen to it at least every other day now. It's a, it's a banger for me. I, I have not heard it, so I'm excited to hear it on the podcast. Banger. Absolute banger. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear Dave and Mega Ran uh, right after this. And after Mega Ran, uh, we're going to throw to our good buddy Andy Malnoski. He sat down with Haku at 80s Wrestling Con. I love the people that make it. I, in my head, I see an actual Thanksgiving table, and these people are all sitting around. Great mix of people. Um, that is also a video. <laughs> that is also a video interview that is also available on our YouTube channel. And then after Haku, we are going to have Josh Barnett. Uh, he was interviewed by our own Brian Wool, um, and uh, that was also a video interview that is up on our YouTube channel. Josh Barnett, Haku, Megaran, Dave LaGreca, Brian, Andy, Michael. Welcome to Thanksgiving. Let's all try to get along here, Josh. It's like the original Thanksgiving, man. It's like we all come around the table. You know, we're all bringing our different stuff. This is this is pro wrestling Thanksgiving at its finest. I see Haku and Josh Barnett breaking out, breaking out in a fight <laughs> over rolls or something, and the Greca rips his shirt off, and he's got his ref shirt from House of Hardcore. <laughs> This reminds me, do you ever watch um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Of course I do. That's right. Of course you do, right? They got all their enemies. They were going to solve their problems by getting all of their enemies together and and making them a meal and how that broke down into a fire, a literal flame. They were literally going to squash their beef, a ceremonial squashing of the beef that episode. That is that is Wrestling Inc.'s Winkly Thanksgiving special. We're going to squash our beef. So uh, before we get to the interviews here, let's do some let's do some things. Do you watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? What are you, what are your Thanksgiving festivities usually like, Michael? 
you know, it depends every year. I got family in the area, but typically we'll do a lunch somewhere. Um, we'll go down about an hour away, do a lunch. But my parents and my wife's parents both live about 20 minutes away. So we'll get together in the evening with them and have a nice little dinner. And we do, you know, nothing in particular. I make mac and cheese every year, Nick. Sure. And I'm going to tell you, it is the best damn mac and cheese in the world. Oh, it's man. crock pot mac and cheese. Oof. Got lots of butter, lots of Oof. cheese. Oof. Yeah. So, you know, Ooh. typically keep it close to the house here. Um, I've done, we've done fried turkeys in the past. I think we're doing barbecue this year. There was a taco truck one time for Thanksgiving. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so we keep it fresh. But yeah, typically the morning of, my wife and I'll get up, take it a little bit lazy. We've, we've watched the Macy's Day parade sometimes. They've done that, um, the, the Will Ferrell special on Amazon. Uh, last year, I think it was, that was pretty good or two years ago. So, you know, we, we wing it. What about you, man? No, no I, I, I like to watch the parade and then I let everybody else make food and then I eat and then I pass out. And, uh, uh, I get to go to a real fancy, uh, place this year to eat because, uh, my girlfriend's parents belong to like some fancy club out in California where we're going oh. to eat a special Thanksgiving. So I have to wear a suit. Which is weird. Wear a suit. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna be covering pro wrestling for six days. I'm gonna go back, put on a suit, and try to impress her parents. So, Nick, what have you been doing? Oh, you know, I watched the fiend Bray Wyatt. He, you know, came out. He's got a literal head. He carries out to the ring. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. You know, he's teasing. Uh, he's teasing and, uh, a female to the group. I'm sure. You know, you're very interested in that. You know. Thanksgiving how do you, like, this is a good, a good, a good conversation, Nick. Because I always wonder, like, how do you talk about what you do with pro wrestling coverage at those family dinners? Like, people say, like, yeah, what do you do if they, you I, know, if they don't know you that well, or what have you been up to? And they watch you on Facebook. Like, what is that like? How do you explain I have, your job? I have never had anybody give me any grief other than this Lyft driver over the weekend. Jeez, f that guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I've literally never had anybody give me much grief. I always just say it very directly. I say I cover pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestling journalist. I run. Uh, a, a very major pro wrestling outlet. That's my, my full-time job. And that always grabs people. And they go, oh, that's very cool, right? That's you, the, the, Her dad is a legit um, Olympic amateur wrestler. And he was also at one point the greatest Sambo fighter in the world, which is terrifying. And uh, he's a little older. And, and, and you, let, you went home to that, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So when I first met him... There was the uh, there was a feeling out process, um, but we are very we're very good friends now, and he uh, he has uh, he has grown a bit of an appreciation for wrestling for pro wrestling, if anything, because of me. Um, I think it is interesting. I think you talk about it the right like. I mean, again, I I am very proud. So let me couch this the right way too. I'm very proud to be able to pundit about this, to sure. write about it, to do all of that stuff with pro wrestling. So when I when I talk about it, it's very positive. I'm like, I love covering it. It's sure. a great art form. And I think that helps people understand that, like, you know, some people are kind of skeptical, like, pro wrestling, you cover pro wrestling. But no, I, I find my family very receptive to it as the, well. The funny, the question, I, the question I get half the time when I tell them what I do is, well, do you like pro wrestling? Which I think is weird, <laughs> which I think is weird because I'm like, well, how would I do my job? Like, would I hate myself every day? Like, how would I do, how would I spend, my, devote my, literally my entire life where I am on call, probably 18 hours a day covering pro wrestling if I did not enjoy, if, yes, I do enjoy pro wrestling, right? And the other thing about that is everybody has a pro wrestling story, whether it be like, oh, I used to watch Andre with my dad or, yep. oh, The Rock, he became a big star. To like everybody has some frame of reference for pro wrestling and has some thought on it. So there's nobody that doesn't know what I do or what I'm talking about, you know? 
You're exactly right. And then it actually brings people together, I find. I was at this coffee with a group of people who were not familiar with, you know, a ton of pro wrestling. I started talking about like, oh, yeah, and I went to WrestleMania and blah, blah, blah. And somebody from across the coffee shop heard us talking about pro wrestling. And she was like, I used to watch it all the time with my my dad, to your point. She was like, I love this stuff. And it's funny how that barrier, that kind of that, um, I don't want to say – that little aura around what pro wrestling is or what people think it is kind of breaks down very quickly. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, uh, I, uh, let's, let's go to, I'm going to go back to my run sheet here. <laughs> this is a really good conversation, <laughs> but I did what I realized that I wrote down here. Cause I wrote this this morning that after we air the interviews, um, we are going to do our best Turkey gobble impressions. So we're not going to do it now, but after the interviews to close the show, so you got to come back, you got to stick around. We'll do some turkey gobbles to close the show. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't warm up for this. You didn't prepare me for mm-hmm. this, Nick. I didn't want you to prepare it. I wanted you to just gobble. I wanted to hear your impromptu gobble. Um, but uh, before we get to the interviews here, I do uh, I do want to talk about what are we thankful for from pro wrestling in 2019. So I'll start off, and then I'll throw to you. Does that does that sound okay, Michael? I'll give Man, you, let's do it. Give you a moment to think here. I am very <laughs> thankful for how vibrant the pro wrestling business is and how much variety there is right now. I know that not everybody likes everything, um, but there is something for everyone, I feel. And um, I'm really thankful for how many people are taking chances and risks right now, launching companies, taking their careers into their own hands. I'm very thankful to see... um, I'm just very thankful to see so much opportunity, and I'm very thankful to see so many people empowered right now because it definitely differs from from several years we've had uh, before and, and on a personal note i'm very thankful i i like to uh think of um um my one of my main jobs as trying to keep uh positive communications with as many companies as possible as many people and right now i feel like i'm closing out 2019 on a very good note with so many great promotions right now and so i'm very thankful for those connections to be able to do the job at the level that I'm able to do and uh, open up uh, doors and opportunities for other people to kind of find their way into other rooms as well and, and live out their passions. I, I heard from a lot of my friends this past weekend, especially with so many shows in Chicago, how they were uh, getting to do things uh, like uh, Ross Berman was in the media scrum with, with Triple H and I and Kevin Kellum, of course, interviewed two thirds of the shield here in the past 72 hours or whatever between Seth Rollins and, uh, and, and John Moxley and uh, these are all friends of mine, and uh, we've all kind of been moving as a wave together, and I'm very thankful to see all of us getting to do uh, so well here uh, to close the to close the year out. Of course, you do wonderful, and look at all the interviews we get to drop with, with Brian Wool and, and Andy Melnoski. So yeah, there's my little dribble-drabble of what I'm thankful for. Michael, what are you thankful for here to, uh, to close 2019? I mean, I echo the diversity sentiment and the growth of the business. It's awesome to be a part of this at a time when the pro wrestling industry is so exciting, and there are so many people that are finding things they love that they didn't know they loved about the sport, whether it's from a fan standpoint or from all the talent that are able to go out there and express themselves that we've not necessarily had in previous years, or we had, but they didn't get the same spotlight that they're getting this year. I think 2019 has been such a a big push towards the right kind of diversity from personnel, from talent, and just from creative storytelling that we've not always had. So I think it's cool that AEW's out there. You don't like it, that's fine. You can watch WWE, you don't like it, that's fine. The indie still exists. You don't like it, go on Reddit, complain about it. Mm-hmm. You have all these ways to engage with this product that you've not always had, which is amazing. Um, so I, I think that's incredible. And I, I think just the pace of news makes it exciting. Um, there's so much going on uh, that every day, you know, it feels overwhelming as times as a journalist to keep up with all of this. 
But also, it's cool that I know any given day I'm going to be able to think about pro wrestling and find something new and fresh to think about, talk about, whatever that is. Um, so yeah, just thankful for all of that. Thankful for the growth of the business. Um, thankful that you know WWE rating woes aside, it seems like there's a lot of positivity and a positive feeling on the on the broader spectrum about what is happening in this sport. You know, ratings, big TV deals. Um, Tony Khan able to kind of sign this stuff with TNT and Cody Rhodes and all that happening. So it's just really cool that pro wrestling has kind of found itself back in that pop culture niche um, here in 2019 as well. And just great wrestling. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is about storytelling. It's about this art form that is so weird and unique and has this bizarre history based in the carnies. And yet we're getting to see this kind of great fruition of all of these hundreds of years of work being put into it. Um, and 2019 has been about just riches. There was just great matches happening and great segments happening all over the place. And I'm thankful that all that is happening because you go back 10 years ago and you had one option. So, um, we just get, we're so blessed here with all of that. And then, and on a personal note, much like you said, I'm just thankful to be able to be a part of all this, right? I've been doing this for a while, not as long as you, Nick, I don't think, but, um, you know, kind of doing my freelance thing for a while. And, it's really cool to both be able to have a voice and speak about this and engage with something that I love in such a meaningful way. But also, yeah, there are some cool people, you know, it, it's, it's like a lot of things. There are people out there that um, cover this and, and do their own thing and have egos, but I've found a certain circle of people to be able to work with both at wrestling Inc and outside of that, that are just amazing people. And I've met new people as a result of knowing you and you mentioned Kellum, Kellum's awesome. Ross Berman's awesome. Yeah. And it, it just really, cool people that are covering the sport, but also that are just genuinely cool people outside of doing this job. And I am so humbled to be a part of that community, go to an event, go to a show, talk to these other journalists, talk to the fans. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool. And of course I got to give props to Raj running wrestling Inc. You know, it's, it's a great, great, great website that I found a home with right now. So yeah. Awesome. My guest at this time recently signed a multi-year deal to stay on board as the host, the voice of Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio. It is Dave LaGreca. Dave, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. What's up, man? I still got this thought in my eyes from getting Mr. fuji by Tommy and Bully when I signed my deal. No, oh, dude, that was, you know, but that's the thing is you have an authentic pro wrestling radio show, so you have to have an authentic pro wrestling contract signing. Yeah, you know, I thought maybe it might be a little professional, but again, my mistake, it was a pretty quintessential pro wrestling contract signing. But uh, I'm glad to be inked in for, you know, like you said, a multi-year deal with Sirius XM and Busted Open. That's awesome, dude. And well, at least Bully didn't put you through a table. You know, that's the that's the contract signing staple. Well, I would think that I could go to human resources if something like that happened. You would think so. That's an HR there um well david wanted to ask you just to start off here you know you signed this multi-year deal what what was leading to your decision to stay on board for several more years with with busted open well i mean it wasn't so much about me it was about them i you know i created the show um we've just celebrated 10 years of having the show on the air and uh the show's never been more successful so it was more about serious xm i'm not going anywhere I'm a lifer for this, Nick. You know that. Yeah, I know. So uh, just, I'm just happy that they appreciate me enough to thank me in for a few more years. 
Yeah, man. Well, and you know, when you look back on ten years here, I'll I'll, I'll ask you. You know, what are your fondest memories of the show? Well, you know what? That you were there that ten year anniversary party that when we cool. packed the house. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, they actually were going to call the fire marshal because uh, <laughs> the bar that we were having it in before WrestleMania 35 was packed. I yeah. mean, that's to know that you know, uh, that the fans love it enough that they want to be a part of it. And then, oh, too, you know, my, you know, you know, Mike, but you know, like, you like Nick, like guys like you that cover the sport, my contemporaries that they appreciate that. That means the world to me. That's awesome, man. Well, and you know that, yeah, the New York party was cool. The Toronto party was cool. I feel like I blew it. Cause you were going to call me out on, on stage, but I, I guess I was sitting there with my finger over my lip and you thought I was like telling you that I was like on the sly there or something. I, 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 I did not yeah, mean to do I, that. I, I called. Yeah, you're right. We were doing. Mark and I were doing the show in Toronto before SummerSlam. Yeah. And I'm up on the stage, and I'm like, I say your name because I'm going to call you up on stage, and you kind of gave me the wave off. Like, I didn't mean to I do that. Like, I did not mean to I was, do that. Yeah. I was like, why? He's giving me the wave. I thought maybe like you didn't, you know, you weren't supposed to be there or whatever. No. So I just was like, I didn't do it, but I was totally going to pull you up on stage. Uh, well, next time. Next time. Uh, I appreciate that. You gave, you gave me the blow off. Like I you put did, your finger on the lips and you're like, and I'm like, all right, man, okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem is I sit like a pretentious dick sometimes, where I do that thing where you're like, <laughs> you know, where you like grab your chin and you put one finger over your lip and you're kind of like judging, right? Like that aunt nobody likes at Thanksgiving that's just sitting there watching you all, you know? I feel like I gave that look off. You get you gave me the look, man. You gave me the look. So well, I'll I'll keep my hands at my side the next time I'm at a busted open radio show. Um, Please, because yeah. next I don't care. I don't care if you give me the wave off or not. Next time you're coming up on stage. Okay, good. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, well, you know, and, and that's the thing is, you know, you guys, like you said, you've been hitting your stride recently so much. Dude, I hear that. I see those big pop-up heads show up everywhere now <laughs> on every. So real quick, what is, what is the story be- behind these big heads? Why are these so prolifically everywhere now? You, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> the first time I saw it was at the, um, 10 year anniversary party. Um, you know, it, it, I don't even know where they got the picture. It's from some picture somewhere and somebody made a big pop-up head. And then there's a big fan. His name is Rodney Garza that was using that picture just like in gifts and pictures on social media. And then now people started making fat heads of it. And it was at the, at the garden that night at the ring of honor show. Yeah. It pops up on raw pops up on AEW shows. Um, I guest refereed at a house of hardcore show on Saturday and somebody had it and bully brought it into the ring. It was, it's, I, I don't know the origins of it, but dude, I love it. I'm glad that fans are passionate enough, Yeah. but like, I wish I, I wish I would sell it. I wish I came up with the idea. Maybe I could have made some money on it, but I, I'm just glad that it's become like a thing. I, like I'm a part of a thing. So that's awesome. It is, dude, and like that's you're part of a thing during a thing because right now we got the Wednesday Night War, and you're like uh, you're like uh, ravishing Rick Rude. You're on both programs at the same time, and I feel like people are going to look back on this period and be like, 
who was that person in the background with their gigantic head? And then people will sit back and regale them of Dave LaGreca and Busted Open Radio. And and uh, on AEW Dynamite, like, you know, the head's there. And a lot of people are tweeting, like, angry at me, saying, your head's distracting. I can't focus on the match because of your head. It's like, it's not my, first of all, it's not my head. It's, it's, it's a bobble. It's a, it's a fat head. And second of all, I'm, it's not me. I'm, I'm home watching it on TV like you. I have nothing to do with this. And it was funny, like, JR and Tony Schiavone were like, you know, there, there's LaGreca's fat head in the audience. And, and JR's like, well, somebody's got a fat head. And Tony Schiavone's like, well, LaGreca really does have a fat head. And I'm like, wow. Like, Tony Schiavone and JR are commenting on my fat head. Like, this is just bizarre, but cool at the same time. Ah, oh, it's awesome, man. And, like, you know, just what do you think right now? How does it feel watching the Wednesday Night War play out? Is it living up to your expectations so far? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, my three favorite shows are are um, NXT, AEW, and, and NWA Power. Like, okay. those are the three shows I enjoy the most. And to have two amazing shows like NXT and AEW Dynamite going head-to-head, it, it kind of has that cool retro feel of the Monday Night Wars. And, like, I know it doesn't get the ratings as SmackDown and Raw do, but it's just fun. And I really do think those are the two best shows. Uh, yeah, hard to argue. And especially this past weekend at Survivor Series in Chicago, man, we can start to touch on it a little bit. I thought they really did a good job of making some NXT talent this past weekend. I mean, talk to me about how you thought NXT came across and if you think we're going to see even more of an increase in viewership, you know, tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Well, I mean, NXT last week, you know, they won the ratings war. It was by a, a narrow margin. And and a lot of people are going to say, well, Seth was on the show. Becky was on the show. And they're right. You know, yeah. they, they pulled out, you know, they fired all guns, you know, all guns blazing. This week is going to be the telling week. You know, what kind of rating can they get? Because now it's back to your roster. But as you said, Nick, like Saturday and Sunday, great shows. They did a good job of really pushing Keith Lee and Rhea Ripley. No and Adam kidding. Cole had such a great weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to go a long way for NXT, and I'm really interested if they can capitalize on such an important weekend like Survivor Series weekend. Yeah, it really is. And it was, you know, the energy was cool throughout the weekend. Uh, We got a real interesting energy on Monday night when the show kicked off with Seth Rollins dressing down the Raw roster there. Uh, It was, uh, I mean, I felt the heat. I felt like I was getting a sunburn feeling the heat in that room there. What did you think of the heel turn that Seth pulled off on Monday night? Or was it a heel turn? How do you feel about it? I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's like, it's not a full heel turn. It's like a hint of a heel turn because if you listen to what he was saying, he's, Hey man, they, they, they were not good. That survivor series. They came in last. They got beat by SmackDown and NXT. Yeah. And uh, you know, so he's kind of trying, he said, Hey, I sleep, eat and breathe this show. And you got to let me down. I'm the face of the show and you let me down. So like there was some truth into what he was saying, but obviously the way he said it, the way he presented himself, you know, very heelish and uh, obviously a big absence with Becky Lynch, not being at ringside on Monday. Yeah. What about AOP? You know, they kind of teased that he could, they could be the backup 
for Seth, you know, at the end of the show, do you, is that a, is that a trio you'd like to see? Yeah, I would like it. And I like the way Seth played it. Like Seth was ready to fight him. He didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And, uh, and he took advantage of the situation with the two curb stomps on Kevin Owens. I, I think Seth needs an attitude change. I think everybody would agree on that. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, and you know what? If he if he gets a little help and starts a little faction, so be it. What it was is it ended in a cliffhanger, and the best Raws end with a cliffhanger, and it, it makes you want to tune in next week. And by the way, that show I thought was one of the best Raws in a while. So yeah, um, I, I'm interested to see what happens next. No kidding. Yeah, you know, I uh, I guess I'll just live. To, we'll stay on Raw here real quick. You know, uh, biggest pop of the weekend happened on Raw. I thought when Rey Mysterio won the U.S. title. Um, it was on par with Kevin Owens being revealed for Team Champa, and then of course the double six one nine he did with Dominic at Survivor Series. I thought those were the three biggest pops of the weekend. Uh, what did you think of the work Ray did and how they've been presenting Dominic here in the past couple days? I like it. Again, it's intriguing. Who knows what they're going to do down the road? And you know, listen, we kind of sleep on Ray Mysterio. At times, we take him for granted. Agreed. But you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy's the goods and. To be able to do what he's doing at, you know, 44 years old, I mean, he, it's it's incredible. And, I, and I'm glad they're giving him, like, this this second wind. It, it was, it's, it's really been impressive. And I loved the match at Survivor Series with Brock. Yeah. I thought that was a great match. And then to follow it up with the match we got at Raw and that match with him winning the championship, that, that was huge to me. Yeah. No, that, that felt like one of the best moments in Raw – in years, it was just, it felt very, yeah. it, it felt deserved, felt organic. And again, like Dominic's not really a wrestler yet, but working him in, I hate to say it, working him into the act, right? With Ray, he adds <laughs> so much. Like it's, you're right that Ray can still deliver, but adding that kind of extra element of Dominic on the outside, because, you know, we've seen how when he gets attacked, how that affects Ray. We've seen how when he helps Ray, that affects Ray. Just a very interesting tandem there with him and his son. Yeah, and I think it's going to continue. Like, I, I, I think it's, this is just the beginning. Like you said, he hasn't even had his first match yet. Yeah. So a lot of people are looking into it, but that's the fun of it as well. What's going to happen next? Like, you know, is this going to be a dynamic that works or may not work? And, you know, could we get a, a father versus son down the road? I it, These are all intriguing things that are hooking you into watching Raw every Monday. Because – Nick, you know, sometimes at certain times of the year, it could be a chore. Yeah. And I think right now we're, they're, they're giving you some hooks to make you want to tune in every week. I will be very honest, Dave. I was nervous going into Raw because I was like, man, it's been we've all we've all taken in like 12 plus hours of wrestling in Chicago. Can we still sell this place out? Can we still bring that energy? And that place was packed on Monday night. And for my money... The best reactions of the whole weekend, the best energy of any of the shows all four weekend was Raw, and it totally caught me off guard. I, I don't know why. I thought War Games had a great feel. I thought Survivor Series, you know, up until the finish there with the women had a good feel. But Raw, beginning to end, that was the that was the most satisfying show, I think, for the fans all weekend. And you know what? The sh- Chicago crowd always delivers. You know, it's one, it's one of the best wrestling cities of all time. And I think they proved it again that you can have like those four shows packed house and keep that energy level up. That's like WrestleMania right there. You know, we use we're usually used to that happening out a WrestleMania weekend. It was pretty cool to see that in Chicago for Survivor Series. 
Yeah. Um, well, and uh, let's go. I want to go real quickly back to the women's main event there. Like I said, it fell a little flat. Why do you, why do you think that the Survivor Series main event this year with the three women didn't quite resonate with the fans? I think there's a few reasons. One, you know, some of the matches we saw was a hard act to follow. Uh, you know, some really good matches on Sunday. Um, Becky actually said in that WWE.com exclusive interview that she really doesn't care about the, the brand. She, you know, it, it, she doesn't even understand why it's a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to buy in a brand supremacy match when there's nothing on the line but brand supremacy. And the big star of the match is saying it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, you know, listen, I, I, they don't have, all three don't have a chemistry together. Shayna Baszler is not used to wrestling Bailey for Becky. So I think there was some chemistry issues. Yeah. And also I think that Bailey was kind of like the odd one out. Like it's kind of a third wheel. I think that match would have worked better if it was just Shayna and Becky. And, and and Bailey just seemed like a fish out of water in that match. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, being twenty twenty, do you think Brock and Ray probably should have closed that pay per view? Probably, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, or or or, or one of the Survivor Series matches. True. But I just think that that triple threat match—it was just—it just like you said, it just—it just felt flat. It just—it didn't really give you anything special. And then with the end, with Shayna winning. And you're like, all right, NXT getting the victory. And then, you know, her getting beat down by Becky. Well, you're not going to get a follow-up from that. Yeah. Because Becky's on Raw and Shayna's on NXT. So what are you setting up there? There, there, there can't be a follow-up. So I think it kind of just lacked the energy. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about the pundits of professional wrestling. As we're both pundits here. Let's talk about other pundits, right? Uh, the other mm-hmm. One of the big stories the past weekend was the Corey Graves tweets at Moro Ronaldo and then Moro yep. sub- subsequently deleting his Twitter. Uh, what's your take on what seems to have transpired here between Corey and Moro? Because Corey seems to be denying that he had any direct effect with what happened with Moro. Well, I mean, he could say that we, we really don't know. I mean, um, I mean, only Moro can answer that. Right. Um, you know, when it, to me, it's like this. You know, you know, Nick, if, if you and I were doing a show together and I felt like you were taking too much of the airtime or your star was shining a little too bright. And listen, that's not that's not a problem that you have. That's more of a problem of me where I have to adjust. Right. I think we can all agree that Moro outshines. Moro is a big, huge personality. His star shines bright. Does is there is there enough room for a three man booth? On NXT, I think that's a big question mark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that if that's the case, and you from the outside are looking at that and saying that that could be an issue, don't you think that's something that should be probably talked about in-house as opposed to social media? Like, if you and I have an opinion about that, we could tweet that opinion. But the fact that they work together, they work in the same company, I think going to social media on that may not be the right answer. Yeah, it, it was a. Uh, it, it definitely caught a lot of people off guard, you know. Um, so yeah, and are you saying? I mean, what do you think, Nick? Like, I mean, you know, listen. I, there may be some truth to what Corey is saying. 
I'm not saying that. Well, like I love more. I love Moro's call. I think Moro is tremendous. I think he does a tremendous job. But if you want to make the case that maybe, hey, maybe get a little more Beth Phoenix in, maybe get a little more Nigel in. All right. You can have that opinion. I just I think that's something that should be talked about in-house as opposed to laying that all out on social media. That's. Yeah, that's my opinion. Here's here's my take on it because Corey did put out. If you're a real journalist, you should be able to find my number and get the story right. And I have tried to get that number here in the past 24 hours. Maybe you can give it to me off the air, Dave. But uh, I I don't have it either. So. Okay, great, <laughs> wonderful. There you go. We're bad journalists, I guess. Um, but Corey, I would love to know from him if the intent behind this was to create storyline friction between the two brands announcers on the heels of Survivor Series. Because I can understand people jumping to the conclusion that this is all back and forth between Corey and Morrow, and Morrow, knowing his history, took it badly, and, and maybe there's an element of truth to that. But I also understand the element of truth that Corey may have done this with a more simpler of intention of trying to bring the commentators into the feud between the brands, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I guess, but this is coming out of Survivor Series, so... That might have been something to tweet about well, like a week ago. It was going into ago. it. It was the night before. It was the night before Survivor Series that he tweeted it out. Yeah, but it, to me, that's just not like it's not enough time to really build on a story there. Like sure. if it was like a week or two ago, then maybe that's a story you could build on like 24 hours. I don't know if that's <laughs> enough time to really build on a story. You know, maybe it's something for his podcast. You know, he has the podcast now and. Maybe he's trying to create some controversy uh, for the podcast. Maybe that that might be a possibility. I I don't know. Um, I, you know, Corey Graves has always been a stand-up guy to me. He's been on the show a couple of times. We had some flack with, you know, he keeps saying uh, that WrestleMania 35 was in the shadows of New York City. So I, I, I joked around with his geography, and he actually called in. And we had some fun. Okay. I would hope, I would hope that he doesn't have evil intent behind it. I don't think that's the case. But you know, when it comes to social media, I just think sometimes you have to think a little bit before you hit that, before you hit send. And and maybe this is one of those cases where maybe you think about it before you hit send. Um, well, let's talk about maybe thinking before you hit send. Uh, the other pundit I wanted to bring up was CM Punk who is now a pundit on WWE backstage and Seth Rollins incessantly seeming to want to call him out. Now in my business of asking people questions, it is always so funny to me when I hear people say, I never mentioned this other person. I don't know why they keep coming after me, Um, which is something punk has said about both AEW and WWE. Now he's saying it about Seth. Uh, Good call, bad call. You think on Seth's part going after punk like this? But I, and now there's, all, yeah, like you said, there's all this controversy now where, you know, um, why not? You know, he's now, like, I know he's an employee of Fox, but he's on a WWE program. Fair game. WWE backstage. So I think it's fair game. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Listen, are you happy that CM Punk's back in the fold? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be. Right. Uh, do you like the fact that he's going to be critical and he's going to give his honest opinion? Sounds great. At some point, I think everybody would want to see him back in the ring. Yeah. And maybe this is that gateway to see him possibly get back into the ring at some point. Because that's, that's what I want to see. Do I love to see him as the talk show host? Sure. 
But ultimately, I want to see him back in the ring. He's healthy. He's st- it looks like he's starting to fall in love with pro wrestling again. Let's get, let's get him back in the ring. I, I'm not going to lie. At TakeOver, at War Games, when they were doing, because they didn't bring out the fourth member of Team Ciampa. They made you wait till the absolute last second. There was even like 20 seconds of just silence before they played Kevin Owens' music. I was mentally prepared for it to be Kevin Owens or CM Punk. <laughs> and uh, we got Owens. He got a huge reaction. But I didn't I didn't write it off my list. I was still fully prepared if, if Punk was going to be at, at War Games. He wasn't, but I was fully prepared for it, you know? Yeah, and never say never. I mean, in a world where Bruno came back, Ultimate Warrior came back, like, you know, Hogan, like all these guys we never thought we'd see come back, and probably Punk would be near the top of that list, I think we're starting to find out that anything is possible. So who knows? It's it's going to be interesting how the next year plays out. Uh, well, I wanted to before. Uh, well, I have you here for a couple more minutes, uh, Dave. I wanted to ask you. You know, you brought up NWA Power earlier. Um, has your opinion changed of NWA Power in the wake of what Jim Cornette said? And I mean, I can't imagine you weren't affected by seeing your co-host Mark Henry and the way he reacted to Jim's comments. Yeah, I mean, when I first and I was watching the show, and you know, six oh five is it's it's like Grand Central Station in my house because that's when. You know, everybody's coming back from after school programs and my wife comes from work. So I didn't hear it initially. I was watching the match and I and I completely didn't hear the the, the, the uh, quote unquote joke by Jim Cornette. Right. Um, and then I saw all the social media stuff. And the first person I thought of was Mark. Yeah, because Mark would tell you um, the person he respects more than anybody else in the pro wrestling business would be Jim Cornette. Uh, he learned more from him than than anybody else. You know, Jim Cornette gave him the key to his home and said, come in and, you know, look at the magazines, read the books, learn the history, watch the videotape. So he really, truly respected Jim Cornette. So my heart went out to Mark when I first heard uh, those comments and I, it just felt terrible for Mark. And and, you know, Jim Cornette's Jim Cornette. And, you know. The, the next morning he made a, a tweet, he sent out a tweet that said, Hey, have you heard any new jokes lately? He decided to double down on, on what he said. And I think Nick, like in 2019 jokes that may have been passable 30 years ago are not passable today. And, and, you know, whether you're offended by what those comments, whether they were racially motivated or just a completely like outdated, um, out of touch, like tasteless joke about Ethiopia. If you're a stand-up comedian and you're do and you're making that joke, that's you. That's your brand. You're you're a stand-up comedian. But when you're a commentator for the NWA, you're you're representing that show and you're representing the wrestlers that are on that show. And you got to be smarter than that. And I just thought that was a, a really bad judgment call and a really bad remark by Jim Cornette. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I, I know that you've had Lagana and Billy on too. I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised that they let it go through. Cause this was not a live show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we had Dave Lagana on the Monday before that show. And we had Billy Corgan on the morning of that show. And, you know, I know Dave Lagana really well. And I, and, and Dave Lagana right away sent out the apology and also, he he said it. it the, the, and and this can happen. And I know this from being a former producer myself. 
when you put a show together, there are things when you're putting stuff together, bells and whistles on top of it, that are just going to fly, you know, over your head. And I think for Dave Lagana, that's one of those comments that probably just went right over his head. He probably wasn't paying attention, didn't hear it. Now, I'm not making excuses for Dave Lagana. I just, I know from being a producer myself, sometimes, like, especially the audio component, that could fly under the radar. And unfortunately, that did. But that's another thing where Jim Cornette probably wants to give a heads up after that and said, hey, just wanted to let you guys know I made a joke here. It's iffy. You know, it's, it's, it's in, in his head. You know, like this is something that may, you may not want represented on your show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he didn't do that. It, it, you know what, Nick? I, I'm not making excuses because I don't work for them. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what went happened. Um, but um, I just think it's an unfortunate incident that, you know, unfortunately, that comment made air and it, it's it's it, it's terrible. And hopefully the company could just move forward and move, you know, move on, because I love the show. I think it's a great hour of wrestling every week. And I would hate for ill effects to them and also to a, what I think is a, a great roster on that show. And it's certainly none of the wrestlers for. Well, and, on that I, and, 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 and and real quick, and Dave, I know I'm I'm long in the tooth here, but on that note, you know, you also work with Bully on the show. Like, how do you feel for the Ring of Honor roster right now? Because I feel like ROH is in a very weird situation right now with Joey Murray Mercury, quote unquote, going into retrograde. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. I mean, they had the highest of highs, Nick. We we were together, um, you know, just before that Garden show with Ring of Honor in New Japan. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, and we were talking about it. We're like, wow, you know, like, you know, the, a company outside of the WWE, not only playing the garden, but selling out the garden. With New Japan and, and like all this positivity piled on it at the time. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look at the last seven months since then, you know, it just, it just, it's just crazy. Like it's, it, it just seems incident after incident and, and things are just kind of, and it's a shame. But, you know, because you look at, like, the world of pro wrestling outside the WWE, everybody seems to be getting stronger, right, Nick? You, you know, you look at, you look at uh, AEW, and you look at New Japan, and you look, you look at the NWA, and you, you, you Imp- look at Impact, Impact, Impact Wrestling. I was going to say Getting Impact. stronger. Absolutely. And then and Ring of Honor has kind of fall, fallen down to the, to the bottom of the list, and you know, and, and it's unfortunate because I've always been a big Ring of Honor fan. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and and you know, it just it's 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 just kind of gotten outshined uh, by these other companies. And when and 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 Nick and I know this from other walks of life and other companies I've worked with. When you start falling behind the pack a little bit, then all of a sudden there's the infighting and people pointing fingers and things happening within the structure that kind of cracked the foundation. And, and it looks like that, that seems to be happening right now with ring of honor. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll cut it there, Dave. We covered a lot of ground here in, in a half hour. I thank you so much for the time. Of course, uh, I'd love to always have you back. Uh, time flies when we talk pro wrestling. Um, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Well, you know, we are now on six days a week on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156, 9 to noon, Monday through Saturday now. You can always catch us on demand if you have the Sirius XM app. And 
we're now available as a podcast as well. So, you know, go to Apple podcast and Pandora and you can, if you don't subscribe to Sirius XM, you could always listen to the podcast and, you know, just uh, look for my fat head every time you see (laughs) (laughs) or bring one or whatever. Yo, I seen what you do, I respected it all I've been watching wrestling since before I could crawl So I think the next logical step to progress Is to hop inside the ring, get my knowledge a test Yes, luckily I've got a friend named Creed He's agreed to show me everything I'ma need So excuse me, I'ma do a couple stretches And then we can get started with these lessons Wait, what are you doing? Is this why I'm here? And why are you in a singlet? This is my wrestling gear I thought I was coming over to play Monster Hunter Yeah, I tried to tell you plans changed, but I lost your number Remember that time? We did that battle in the ring, yeah, and everybody loved it and said that we did our thing. Yo, that was like two years ago. Yeah, I know, but I think I want to give this a go. Bro, no. There are so many things you need to be aware of. The fans, co-workers, yourself to take care of. The respect, ability to connect, and not to mention you could break your freaking neck. Like Kurt Angle did? Yeah, exactly. Take a backseat. That guy, he's an Olympic athlete. So imagine what would happen to you. What's the worst thing, really? I mean, you could tear your Achilles. I want to slam fools on the mat. What a suplex, cats give them belly to back Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip So I need you to teach me that No way I wanna slam fools on the mat Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap Moonsault, sharpshooter, and a F-5-2 So I need you to teach me that No Like, just because you're a fan You think that you can hop into the ring Like straight up the stands? Yeah Like, what if I decided to rap? Like you're doing right now? Well, that's besides the fact And I'm only doing this just to prove my point And for the record, I sound pretty good on this joint But first of all, no shade But you're of a certain age And the body reacts different to pain When's the last time you felt? Well, a week ago When I got close Inside a home depot. Imagine doing that 30 times a day. And some ailments you get just don't go away. Uh-huh. And say your wife gets mad, you're always on the road. I'm already on the road. I do shows, you do shows. I was told entertainment is all the same. It's a different court, but we playing the same game. I want to slam fools on the mat. Want to suplex cats, give them belly to back. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I want to slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Blue soft sharpshooter and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Creed, I want to learn to run the ropes, do flat back bumps, throw lines, and perfect a sick working punch. Who told you these terms? I got them from the internet. And if you don't mind, I wasn't quite finished yet. Drop kick, drop toe hold, and a scoop slam. A little sweet chin music. Tuning up the band. Big boots, headlocks, and Samoan drops. Choke slams, full Nelsons, Indian death locks. Fujiwara arm bars, coquina clutches. Make me the best. I want to be the toughest, stretch me out I want to see what I can take and make it look real Even though we know it's Don't you ever fix your lips to say that word Okay, but you gotta show me how to not get hurt Man, I can't do this I just came to play a game And my friend is now gone completely insane So I'm just gonna leave You're just gonna leave I wouldn't ever desert you in your time and need But one more thing I got you a gift What? Golden Girls DVD Season 3 Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I just might Well, if you want it, you gotta teach me to fight Okay, one lesson, then we gotta stop. Okay, what's the first thing? Taking a chair shot. (laughs) My guest at this time is a prolific nerdcore rapper. His new album, Ages Volume 2, is available now, and it features the new song that you just heard, Sunset Flip, featuring WWE superstar Xavier Woods. It is Mega Ran. Mega Ran, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. 
Hello. Thanks for having me, dude. My pleasure, dude. First of all, the song is awesome. Like the reason I wanted to play it on the show as the lead in is it's just a it's just a slam banger, man. This thing's great. I love this song. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, it just came together kind of quickly, honestly. It was I was at the end of the album, and uh, I was just talking to Xavier, and I remember him saying that he was home, like nursing injuries, and you know having some free time. So I thought, oh well, this is the perfect time to uh, to try to get him on a, a song. And so I'm glad he was willing to be a good sport and jump on it. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, talk to me about your friendship with Xavier Woods. How did you guys originally hook up and, and become, become friends? Oh, man, we go way back. Um, he contacted me, gosh, I don't remember the year, but he contacted me because he wanted to use some of my music as an entrance theme while he was in FCW. Okay. And then uh, in the process of doing that, he uh, sent me over some paperwork to sign, like, for the song. And then the paperwork had WWE on the top of it. And I'm like, whoa, what's this? And he's like, oh, well, you know, they just bought this company and they turned into this thing called NXT. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems pretty cool. And uh, he was just throughout the journey just telling me all these ideas he had. Like, you know, one day, hopefully, if we get up to the main roster, we're going to try this idea of this tag team with all three of us and, and uh, unicorns and positivity what? and dancing. And, like, he had the whole thing laid out from, from so far ahead of time. And uh, and then to see it play out on TV was just, like, amazing. I'm like, well, doggone it. He said it. And there it is, you know. Wow. And then the new day was born. Wow. So, wait, you're telling me that as far back as, like, his NXT days, Xavier Woods was always envisioning what we have now, the unicorns and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it, it took shape throughout that journey and changed a bit uh, here and there. But, yeah, man, dude was a visionary. Like, from the beginning, he's always had awesome ideas and and the determination to see them through, which I think is really the, uh, like, the real hallmark of a, of a winner is uh, not just to have great ideas, but just to have that tenacity to keep going with them and, and, to, and to hold on tight to those ideas. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, he, he did it. That's awesome, dude. And I thought it was, I think it's cool that he reached out to you about using your music uh, as entrance music. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, what do you think of the current entrance music that's being used in WWE at the moment? I like it a lot, man. Uh, I've been able to meet and hang out with the CFOs uh, a few times during this journey. And those guys are super talented. And um, I love what they do, man. I really enjoy the music today. I think it's one thing to hear it like in a studio, but then to hear it in a huge stadium, yeah, it's just like wow, these things still bang and they sound great, you know. And um, there's an art to that, and uh, and I respect it so much. And uh, and they're able to do some great things, man. So I'm a big fan of it. Of course, there's there's some I, I really love, you know, and then there's some I love less. But honestly, man, for the most part. I think the music is uh, is so central to like a superstar kind of becoming what they're going to be, and uh, and they, they've done a great job with it. Yeah, man. Well, t- well t- lay it on me. Who, which which songs do you like the best? Which ones stand out to you? Well, I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura is amazing. Yeah. Um, ah, man, I really love that. I mean, the classic themes to me still kind of get me going, like Goldberg and you know, and uh, Ric Flair and. And those still, like, I think are, are my absolute favorites. But um, 
I love the the Fiend, the Bray Wyatt track, oh, uh, the way cool. they were able to remix that. It's so good. Um, I love when there's remixes that happen, like the new Sasha Banks remix with Snoop. Like hearing like really cool remixes that that invoke like the old theme, but also bring something new to it. Which is what I try to do with my music. So I do that a lot with video games and with wrestling themes. It's like keep some of the old, but also make it new. What about the New Day's entrance theme? Do you like it, or do you think it's time for, for like you said, to mix it up, do something a little bit different, uh, maybe play around with it? I like it a lot, man. Like I don't know if you've heard the story, but we had an opportunity for for Kofi's entrance this year at WrestleMania to create a new song. And uh, unfortunately, it got turned down at the last minute, 11th hour. Um, I think a lot of folks were scared to pull the trigger on a new theme, you know, at that moment. But uh, I really like the way it came out. And hopefully one day they'll reconsider it. You know, it's in their hands now. But um, the powers that be hopefully will uh, will want to use it. But I think it's time for a new theme. I do love it. And it's super catchy. Um, but I do think it's time. What has it been? Maybe Five years? How long has the New Day been around now? Been at, at, least, at least five, I think. At least five at this point. It's been at least five years, which is like a testament to in itself. Like, no tag teams last five years, you know. So to be able to still be going with the same scenes and the same stuff is is amazing, you know. And it, it doesn't get booed. It doesn't get boring, you know. So... Uh, I think they got a formula, so um, maybe they know what they're doing, like sticking with it. It's, that's the thing, man. Is like it's always it's it's a big risk when you change stuff, especially because you're right. Like everybody loves the new day, and like there's their song, you know, is from what they were started. They started out with, and they kind of made it their own, and then they tagged on uh, Big E with that big entrance he does at the beginning of it. Like I, I could see why they'd be a little scared to to mix it up, uh, since it always gets a reaction. How would uh how would yeah a, like. I'm sorry, you, can't, you can't take you can't turn down that you know that that pop that guaranteed reaction mm-hmm. you know and you're running a risk of of taking that away if you change it so yeah. I get it yeah yeah well how would your how would your new song differ from the the song we have now what what what's it like you know I can't hear it but like oh I don't man know. it was it was definitely not the same like it wasn't something to dance to it wasn't it was slow kind of like brooding like ready for war you know we were trying to invoke a bit of Kofi's uh, like spirit of you know what he had to go through to get to the championship match, yeah, and and uh, you know invoking his African roots and uh, there was a lot of like drums and you know it felt like a war theme, you know it really felt like one of those scenes in like Black Panther where like the guys are ready to go to war in Wakanda, like yeah. it, it really felt like that, and it's very different, you know, for the new day. So I totally understand like to to switch from clapping and pancakes and dancing to something like war tribe uh feel would uh would be a huge change so i understand (laughs) even if it was just for one night which i thought it was going to be not like forever but just for that show uh i would have i would have enjoyed it so but i do understand because it's a vast difference (laughs) how did you uh how did you think kofi's title reign went what did it mean to you i mean do you feel like it like the rug kind of got pulled out from under him with the ending or do you think it was uh, the right way for that title run to come to an end well uh i was i cried when it happened um and then i was angry when it was over but but uh just looking back and just stepping back from it you know taking it back taking myself out of the emotional aspect of it being like, oh, this is such a huge moment for a guy who worked so hard 
let alone the, the you know an African-born champion. Like this was just so huge for the business. But taking myself away and pulling back, um, he was a very strong champion. I mean, and it lasted longer than most of us thought it would. Yeah, you know, to be honest, uh, I thought honestly that he was going to lose it the next week. <laughs> you know, so so when I when I thought that. And I think back to that, those those feelings that I had, I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't a bad run. I mean, they put him up against the top guy SmackDown had to offer, and he beat them all, you know, or at least, you know, had really good showings against everyone. Uh, so maybe getting a rematch would have been nice, at least, or, or just a little more. I didn't want his, his, his loss to be the length of a, a gif, <laughs> and that was probably the, my main uh, gripe with it is that it was so fast. Like, you could literally just – Bam, the match was over. Uh, so I wanted him to last a little longer. Yeah. But, again, the rain was huge, and I'm sure that that was part of the trade-off. Like, look, you're going to get this, but when it's over, it's over, you know. Yeah. And and I and that, I understand it, you know. That was a huge moment, and uh, and who knows? Maybe it could happen again. Yeah, that's right. I think he did it. Yeah. He did it justice. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, you were talking about how you put this song together, uh, this track together with Xavier while he's laid up right now dealing with injury. Uh, how's he doing right now? For those that are wondering, you know, where's his mental headspace at the moment? Well, he seems to be good. I mean, this is probably the most time he's spent, you know, home or away. Like, I think probably since he started wrestling. So, so this is definitely a, a new thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, his spirit seems to be high. He's playing a lot of video games <laughs> and, uh, you know, and getting the, he still gets to go out to conventions and things like that. He's still able to record like funny videos. He's staying active, which is great. And, uh, so yeah, I think that he'll get back probably even sooner than anyone expects. And, uh, and, but I will say that his spirits are super high. Like he's, he's not down about it at all. I'm sure he wishes he could be out there with his, with his bros, but I'm sure a piece of him also is enjoying a little time away. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, like you say, he does so many things right now. And, like, you add doing this hip-hop thing on top of it. Like, you know, how was he working on putting the track together? Does he have a natural musical knack? Or was this something you kind of had to drag him into and, and guide the way? Dude, he told me years and years ago that he had written a, a secret remix to one of my songs. Really? I have this song called Player Two. Okay. And, uh, and he's like, dude, I actually wrote a verse to this and i'm like wait what get out of here and he's like well yeah it probably sucks but i i wrote it so he let me hear it and it wasn't bad and i think that's when the seeds were planted for me to be like you know what i think he can do this and i mean it's literally the same thing you know rapping i always say is cutting a promo over a beat you know just you know knowing the cadence and rhythm it's it's the, i think it's exactly the same and so uh laying this song out for him was was much easier than I thought. He's like, oh, I just jump in right here. And, you know, knowing how to just give the right emotion at the right time is something that he does for a living. So I didn't have any doubts that he could nail it. And, of course, he knocked it out of the park. Dude, that's awesome. So, wait, do you think we can expect more collaboration then between the two of you, more tracks in the future? <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> I did a New Day song called New Day Raps, um, where it's just like a tribute to their uh, theme song. And uh, we did a show together at a Kind of Funny Live, and he came out and he rapped the second verse of that. Uh, so, like, I, I don't, this guy can do anything, you know? So yeah. I absolutely think that this isn't the last show here of him on, like, the musical side of things. 
because uh, I don't think there's really anything he can't do if he puts his mind to it. Now, uh, what do you what do you think about the new day? They're they're getting into the podcast game here. I don't know if you saw it was just yesterday. It was announced that the they've they've announced they're launching the new day podcast with WWE. I know, man. I can't do anything. I have a wrestling podcast. Now he has a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I just I can't take it. I can't do anything now. Uh, no, I. I, I kind of joked when the WWE announced like podcasting. I was like, "All right, well, we quit. Like it's all over for everybody." <laughs> it was a good run, <laughs> but um, honestly, like I'm looking forward to it. Those three are the three of the most entertaining people, like in any field of of work. So listening to them sit down and just kind of riff will be really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've watched any of the um, ride-alongs they they did. But uh, but that's good. It was great, you know. So I, I can just imagine if it's just like that with a microphone running, uh, I, I imagine it'll be awesome. So I can't wait to hear it. All right, last explicit nudity question for you. Uh, you know, what do you think? Do you think one of them should turn heel? Is it time to break up the band? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> uh, well, just considering, like I said, that it's been five years together. And no team has, I mean, outside of probably the Legion of Doom, I can't imagine a team that was together longer, you know. So even if you break up to make up, you know, like to come back, I think that would be fine. So what I thought was Big E would go off on a solo, you know, chase. And uh, while the other guys still are together and they're still friends, you know, but he just becomes like the solo guy. So I don't think they need to break up or turn because they have something that's so great right now. But I would like to see all three of them actually go out and chase singles gold. I think that's what I would like to see. Uh, Well, while I've got you here, I wanted to uh, take a flashback real quick uh, to uh, back in April when you played The Garden with Ring of Honor. Uh, I was at that show. That was was a crazy show, man. Uh, How did that come together? Were you and ROH partnered up to to put together that song? Man, um, I got to thank my manager, Jeff. Um, I told him, you know, that I was a big wrestling fan and that when Ring of Honor got announced for Madison Square Garden, I just told him how that was such an epic moment and how I would, like, do anything to want to be there and be a part of that. So he reached out. And um, and then ROH got back and asked us to write a song. And originally, we didn't know that that, that I mean, the song's called Going to the Garden. Right. And that's what they asked for but they didn't tell me that we were actually going to be going to the garden, you know? So they just wanted a song that would play leading up to that event. Then the anniversary show happens in Vegas and they asked me to come out for that. Okay. And we do a little bit of, we do some skits, we do some things with Bully Ray and, uh, and it gets, you know, it, it gets a good reaction online. And so then they said, all right, so I think we're going to like keep this thing going until, you know, Supercar of Honor. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, that's at the garden. And I'm like, yeah. So you're going to come out and perform it in the at the garden. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I couldn't believe it. It was just pure insane insanity. I mean, I had, uh, I've been in the garden before, but never in that capacity. It's like being backstage, seeing all the pictures, Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, it's just like all the people who have been in these hallways. It, it got me in my feelings, man, a lot of goosebumps. And to be able to watch, let alone that, like the action that was happening in the ring, to watch like Okada win the championship no and kidding, man. and Madison Square Garden, you know, so epic show, and I'm just honored to be a part of it, man. Uh, it didn't end like I would have wanted it for me, you know. I was hoping to maybe 
get one over on Bully Ray, but uh, but uh, there it was not in the cards that night. Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? Get one over on Bully Ray? You know that's the thing, Megaran. <laughs> I watched you in that ring. <laughs> And you, like, puffed up your chest, and you're like, I'm going to fight this man. And I think you're nuts, dude. That guy was going to – I mean, how was it? Uh, how was it? Was he a little stiff with you in there uh, come to the garden? That was that was terrifying. Um, <laughs> he honestly told me beforehand, I was like, so, so how do you want to do this? And he's like, look, man, I don't know how this is going to go. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I thought you guys talked these things over. He's like, yeah, yeah, we do, but I don't know how this is going to end. When I'm in the ring, I'm going to do what I have to do to get the response that I have to get. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. So <laughs> he pulled out a chain and, like, tried to murder me. <laughs> so, like, I had to get out of the ring. Yeah. Um, but I knew that before that, I just had to get one moment. This was the second time that he had punked me in the ring. So I knew that I needed one moment. I had to stand up to him. So... I did. I got up in my Tetris jacket, and I and I stood up to the bully, you know. And and then I ran off. But, <laughs> but at I least I, I, you know, you have to stand your ground, you know. Uh that's crazy, man. Uh, well, okay. And I I wanted to ask you as well here uh, uh, to wrap it up. You know, our truth and John Cena. What do you think of them as rappers? Who's the better rapper, Ron Killings or John Cena? Hmm. Oh, Cena, by far. Cena more than oh, dude, more than Killings. Oh, I don't know. I mean, if you got some, if you can show me some some R Truth bars, I would I would love to hear them. But I mean, his stuff is good. It's like it's like party stuff. It's like hey, get your hands up. What's up? Yeah, you know. And there is an art to getting the crowd involved, and that's something that uh, I respect as a as an MC. You got to get the crowd hype. Sure. But you got to have some bars and some substance, you know. You can't eat your cake for, for dinner, you know. Mm. You eat the cake after you get the meat and potatoes. <laughs> so I feel like John Cena's more meat and potatoes. Hey, his whole album, it's not bad. I don't know if you heard it, but it's not bad. <laughs> Funny story, I've got last thing. Um, when I was, I, was at, I was at SmackDown was a couple years ago for the uh, rap battle. Yeah. For Fourth of July. Yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to be in the ring for that. And uh and Xavier like hooked me up big time. It's like, come on, okay, stand in the ring, stand right next to me, and I'm gonna shout you out on camera. And he did. He's like, Megaran, hold my trombone. And I'm like, that was like the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> so but before we did that, while we're rehearsing, John Cena walks into the room, like before the show. And I was like, John Cena you know but i thought you know i'm trying my best not to mark out but i i kind of wanted to say hello so i was just like hey man hi he's like how you doing i'm i'm proud of what you guys are doing here and uh and and i asked him i said well are you i hope you're coming in here to tell us that you're going to like run in on the rap battle and like drop some thugonomics bars and he's like no 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 uh rap is the young man's game i'm too old for that and uh, he's like but you guys go have fun and I'm like, oh man. So that was that was like my my experience with John Cena, and uh, and I really like I was I got so excited at WrestleMania this to hear like some Thugonomics jar come back because that stuff was great. Come on, it's like people look at John Cena with these like 
what's the opposite of rose colored glasses? I guess they're just dark glasses. Yeah, a blindfold? And they forget. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when when this guy was healed, like the, the rap promos he used to cut on people were amazing. <laughs> you know? I don't think our truth could pull that off. Just All right. saying. All right. Well, you're gonna hear about it in your Twitter feed now because we've had <laughs> you've you've weighed in and you've decidedly picked the doctor of thugonomics over our truth. So, you know. You make your choice. I you, did. You deal with it. <laughs> so, uh, Mega, I can live with it. Mega Ran, you're awesome. Uh, again, uh, it's an absolute banger. Sunset Flip. Uh, I've listened to it twice this morning. Uh, you guys can go back and listen to it here. You can go find it online. And what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up today, Mega Ran? Well, uh, you can get any of my music at MegaRanMusic.com. I got a new EP called Ages where you will find Sunset Flip on Bandcamp. That is MegaRanMusic.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MegaRan and on Instagram at MegaRan. It looks like Meg Ryan when it's like squished close together. So don't make that mistake. It's MegaRan. We're at 80s Wrestling Con Part 2 with the legendary Ming, Haku, everything else in between right here. Ming, tell us about right now, this event, seeing everybody. It's been an awesome day. Yeah, first of all, I'm sorry I'm late yet, but, uh, you know, it was the airplane. But, you know, I'm glad that I made it. You know, I can't believe, you know, with all the fans around here, it's unbelievable. And, you know, we're always thankful that we still remember by all the fans after all these years, you know. And, you know, it is for all of my heart and all of the wrestlers, I'm sure we all say thank you to all of you. You know, thanks for showing up today and showing up everywhere else. Well, we thank you as well for all your service and commitment to this area and certainly professional wrestling. But had to ask you, I've been asking a lot of legends today their favorite moments in the business. What's your favorite moment of all time? About what? What's your favorite moment of all time in wrestling? Oh, it's just, you know, being in wrestling itself. Because, you know, it, it makes me who I am. It makes me, you know, taking care of my family back home in the island. Beside the coconuts and the papaya, at least you know you get you know Washington on top of it. So you know, you know it's great, you know, being with the wrestling, you know, and I'm wishing all the best for all the next generation, young ones that are coming up. You know, it's a great business. Just two quick things: the Tongan death grip. Yeah. How did that come about? Amazing. Take it right there. Boom. You have to ask them to Shavani. Shavani made that, you know, tongue and death grip better than I do. He was the one who named it, and he was the one who always laughed about it. He got the credit. Yes, the tongue and death grip. It was from Shavani. Awesome. And, uh, and Meg and Haku, and we wanted to ask you this question as well. You know, a lot of people consider you one of the legit tough guys in the industry, not just on camera, yeah. but in the locker room. Uh, what does that significance mean for you? Well, you know, I appreciate if they, you know, but you have to understand where I'm, I'm just hungry. You know, I needed to take care of things, the responsibility. You know, the country was on my shoulders, you know, coming from the kingdom of Tonga. You know, that's, you know, pride and everything that is going on. Nobody know, knew who, where the heck is Tonga. You know, it's right there in the South Pacific, you know, but... Yeah, that was the great thing about it, you know. Well, we but, thank you so much, and we want to leave it open to you for this last quick thing. Your final message to the fans here at 80s Wrestling Con, it, it, to sum up your career, it, it's such a legendary career, it has certainly halls of fame on your way. Yeah, well, it's like everything else. We just have to work hard, 
have faith in yourself and you know keep looking at those doors until it opens yeah. <laughs> and bite those coconuts too right <laughs> <laughs> yes. thank Throw you so coconuts. much ming haku right here any right. wrestling cod check it out hello there i'm brian wool with wrestling inc here with josh barnett at Storcade. Josh, now you're known for being a tough, gruff wrestler. Uh, you are one of the toughest men in the business. What brings you to the comedy store? Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, it's just an opportunity to, uh, to, to use my toughness to push everybody around, all these silly little wimpy comics. And I just seem like a lot of fun. Uh, Tony uh, is... He's hilarious. He's a cool dude. He asked me about this way back, and yeah, why not, man? I mean, this just seems like it's going to be a fun event. Now, uh, are you a comedy fan yourself? No, I hate laughing. You know, I try not to do it. You know, there's, there's a concern that it could perhaps rupture an esophagus at some point or cause some sort of uh, colorectal bleeding. So I, I highly advise against humor. I uh, I understand that, and that and that's why you're here to enforce. Right, I, I don't want this, this this joking around and silly stuff to get out of hand. None of that. Uh, I also know that you're a whiskey enthusiast. Are, are there any whiskeys that you're uh, into right now? Well, I actually have my own whiskey coming out uh, through Sespa Creek Distillery. It is uh, the Warmaster edition of Warbringer Southwest Bourbon. It uh, should be available sometime shortly. We just uh, our labels have been been done it's a single barrel cast strength whiskey um, I handpicked the barrels myself and uh, I'm pretty pretty fantastic over it and I, I will say it is it is not a beginner entry-level type I mean case profiles are, are what they are and people like what they like but uh, this is a I mean it's like 118 proof hard hit and smoky it is uh, something that um, I think a, a real whiskey enthusiast would like, but I, I really encourage everybody to give it a try. Is there uh, anything else that you're working on that you'd like to plug? Uh, just my self-esteem, for the most part. Well, doing great at that. Uh, nice talking with you, Josh. I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael Weisman, for joining me at the top of the show to talk about what we are thankful for. Uh, if you would like to let us know what you're thankful for uh, in pro wrestling this Thanksgiving, uh, feel free to uh, at us, tag us over on Twitter, use the hashtag Winkly. Uh, I'd love to know what you guys are buzzing about here uh, this Thanksgiving Thursday. Um, and uh, as I promised, Michael, um, the inter the <laughs> interviews are over here. So we're going to do our best turkey gobbles to close the show. Or Actually, before I do my teases for next week, we're going to do tur turkey gobbles now. Do you want to do your turkey gobble first? Or do you want to do? do you want me to do my turkey gobble first? I, I think you you went first on the what you're thankful for, <clears throat> so let me okay. let me go first in the gobble so you can't steal my gobble. All right, all right, you gobble away. All right, hold on. A little, you know what? I think warm up the I vocal cords. I think we should let the fans vote. Maybe I'll put a poll oh, yeah. up, and the best turkey gobble will get the inaugural gobbledy gobble gobbledy gooker gobble call award. Is that a good? Is that a good name for it? Yes, the gobbledy the the Winkley gobbledygooker gobble call award. I need a trophy with the gobbledygooker on it though. Can we get that? I'll work on it for next year because this is the inaugural right. one. This is very impromptu, but uh, maybe next year I'll get more people to do the turkey gobble and we can pick a best gobbler. All right, go ahead. Oh, okay. All right, three, two, one. Gobble, 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 gobble. 
That was pretty good. All right, here, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take a drink of water. I'm going to do the three, two, one countdown. Here, let me drink. Okay. Three, two, one. I feel like, I feel like your turkey was drowning. I don't know. He was. <laughs> Poor turkey. Somebody save him. So you all can choose who did the better, better turkey gobble. Who wins oh. the gobbledygooger gobble call award? The inaugural one. We'll put a poll up. I'll, put, I'll try to remember to pull up tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I, I will. Your turkey sounded like he was drowning. Accurate. There was still some water in my mouth. I realized as I was. That was that was a that was pot. That was constructive criticism. That's what that was. It was not a complaint or criticism. (sighs) So Uh, dumb. So dumb. Okay. Uh, I will. I'll tease a couple things for next week. Of course, we teased Mr. King yesterday on the Winkley uh, from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia's. We're gonna say we're gonna call him Saudi Arabia's lead journalist. Let's just say that. Um, So Mr. Mr. King will be here next week. Also next weekend. On fight, uh, there's the big uh, Tito Ortiz versus Alberto El Patron fight. Um, they're putting their personal titles on the line, and uh, we have interviews with both of them next week. Uh, and some more stuff that I'm not going to reveal because that would kill all the surprises. But if you like this show, you like all the audio, you like all the interviews, you love turkey calls, then uh, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes, five-star ratings, nice comments. Uh, always appreciated. And um, and that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, Michael, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Normally a plug, promote, put over myself here, but I just want to, you know, we said what we're thankful for. I'm thankful for everybody listening to the show right now. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We know you got a lot of choices out there, and um, it's very important to Nick and I. Uh, I know he does it with Labar too. Very important to Labar as well. So thank you guys. I want to put you guys over, the fans of the Winkly. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. We are thankful for you guys out there, the listeners, the guys and gals that tune into the show. Uh, tell a friend. Let's make 2020 bigger, better than ever. Uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Did you say you're at real the real wise? Or no, I did not say I was at the real Wiseman because so I'm putting over the fans, the... but I am at the real Wiseman. <laughs> we'll tweet him, he's at the real Wiseman. I'm at Wink Rebel. Thank you very much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, and remember if you winked, you didn't miss it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.